Hello and welcome to The Works. I'm Ben Peltier. And I'm Ben Che. Sound and light are the main topics of our show this week. In part two, we'll be featuring a music festival focusing on noise called Kill the Silence. In our studio, we'll be having rather more harmonious sounds as pianists Jacqueline Leung and Kajeng Wang perform a forehand piano piece and tell us about an upcoming concert to raise funds for victims of the Nepal earthquake. But first, visual art, and more specifically, art based on light. Last week, we brought you the street art of French artist Invader. To begin this week, we're featuring another artist from France, also here as part of Le French May, Antonin Fourneau. He is giving members of his audience a chance to create their own constantly changing urban art by drawing what he calls water light graffiti on an LED wall. Maybe it's graffiti 2.0, I don't know. I'm not always focused on graffiti uh, generally. I'm interested by uh, street art, because street art is not only graffiti. Uh, the, the, the idea of street art is just to change your use of the street, change your vision of the street. My desire with this project is to be able to produce new kind of material for architects and to be able to have big architecture with Waterland Graffiti to use the streets as a sort of new gallery. In fact, the idea is really simple. It's like if in a circuit, I take off the switch, I use the two wire of the switch, and I put a, dro a drop of water on the wires to conduct the electricity. So the idea is really simple. Born in the 1980s, Antonin Fourneau says technology has been part of his life since he was a child. He loves electronics and has long been looking for ways to combine technology and art. In 2012, he was attending a design school workshop in Beijing when he saw an elderly man in a park creating calligraphy with water. That gave him the idea of using water for his own art, an idea that led to the creation of Waterlight Graffiti. For the opening of Waterlight Graffiti in Hong Kong, Antonin invited local artist Pantone C to jam with him. Pantone C has been teaching the art of graffiti, or what he calls contemporary urban art, since 2008. He says that making graffiti with water is a good way to introduce more people to street art culture, which many in Hong Kong consider vandalism. It's quite fun because people imagine uh, something really complicated. So they touch, okay, they, they are able to to look the, the, the feeling of fading the LED, uh, turn on directly the LED, and they have a sort of movement of the eyes, oh. And uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And also I appreciate to explain and to talk to the people, no, no, it's really simple. Waterlight graffiti has little in common with traditional graffiti. Not only does it use water as a prime material, it is transient. As the water dries, the drawings vanish. Pantone C has been adopting a similar idea in Hong Kong. 
As its name suggests, his moss graffiti uses moss as the media. Some of those who create street art feel works like these lack the transgressive nature of true street art. Antonin and Pantone C see them as alternative forms of expression and forms that make street art more green. I try to uh, involve or to keep my, uh, my vision of child. Uh, when I see something, I try to, okay, maybe can I, because when you are, when you are a child, you, you use items like tools or like toys, but maybe this is just a fork. But for a child, a fork could be, could be a spaceship or could be something another. So it's my kind of, my, my vision of things. I try to find another way for the item. My job is to fix smile on the face of people. So with Water Like Graffiti, I think uh, I do well my job. <laughs> There's one thing you're very unlikely to experience in Hong Kong, and that's real silence. There's no escape from noise anywhere. Your only choice, if you don't like that, seems to be to block out the outside noise with your own sounds through personal listening devices. The sound art exhibition, Beyond the Sound, focuses on the listening experience. In that exhibition, 14 artists from France and Hong Kong are exploring concepts such as the notion of the soundscape. I think that we are now in a world where uh, we are uh, listen, we are hearing a lot of noise all the time. I think that it's very important for the people to take time huh? um, to, to see the piece and to listen to the piece too. More and more in the city, we're surrounded by noise we want to ignore. To keep that noise at bay, often we carry with us our own sounds and music, creating our own private sound spaces. The exhibition Beyond the Sound wants us to experience a shared auditory space and to pay more attention to what we are hearing. Running at the comic's home base until June the 8th, Beyond the Sound features sculptures, installations, and video by eight French and six local artists. Some works are mechanically programmed to produce sounds that we often hear but could easily overlook. Others aim to make sounds that we rarely experience, but that we yearn to remember once we have heard them. Voilà, cette, cette euh, architecture tissée et sonore en fait, invite le spectateur à faire une, une expérience euh, donc, euh, aussi euh, en recto et en verso puisque, euh, donc on peut faire le, le, le tour donc, de, de, de cette architecture euh, mais aussi on peut rentrer euh, à l'intérieur puisque là il y a une lumière bleue. Et quand on rentre dans l'architecture, il y a un détecteur de présence 
qui déclenche le son de la composition des oiseaux et de, de la langue sifflée. Entendre comme ça un concert de, de, de chants d'oiseaux et de siffleurs euh, dans, euh, dans un espace qui est dédié, celui de la, de la, de la tapisserie ou bien euh, dans, 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 dans le musée, euh, inscrit en même temps dans, dans l'espace de, de la ville, hein, me semble intéressant parce que c'est comme une focalisation Hein, sur, ces, euh, sur ces sons et ces mélodies euh, quotidiennes hein, qui nous entourent mais qui, sont pas, qui ne sont pas toujours audibles. C'est un artwork called uh, Distortions and it's, uh, it's basically three plates of metal, uh, stainless steel metal with a, a titanium coat on it. So it's, they are dark mirrors and the three of them are like motorized, so it's a kinetic sculpture. So they move in a somehow a random move, but there is a whole computer-generated program behind, and um, to have like a motion which looks almost natural appearing in the plates, and according to the different sequences of the plates, they produce different kind of noise. But there is also the question of distortion of the, of the reflection, of course. And so the bodies reflecting into the plates, are, and the space reflecting into the plates, are distorted by the work. So the work is about distorting reality and the question of its uh, deformation somehow. The works is actually rooted from a residency that I've done in the Arctic Circle, especially in a ghost town called Pyramida, which is an old Russian mining town which has been now deserted for more than 10 years and is just 1,000 kilometers away from the North Pole. Um, so the sculpture, the structure, the kinetic structures are inspired by the ruins of that town um, and also um, the projections of lights is made by crystal that spinnings around themselves that mimic the crystals of ice that falls down from the atmosphere and creates sun halos. To listen is, needs to require time, require attention, require a particular focus. Um, that is also something on a long period of time as well. Then we're spending time with this, and we need time, we need to engage and take our time to listen. Welcome back. According to modernist composer Edgar Varese, music is organized sound. Often it's organized through rhythm or pitch that seems harmonious to human ears. Composer John Cage also wanted us to open our ears to the music of the everyday. What many of us simply call noise has even become a music genre with its own dedicated fans. Last month, the HKICC Li Shao Qi School of Creativity was the setting for a two-day festival, Kill the Silence. As well as live performances, the event consisted of installations and screenings of short films. Kill the Silence started in 2013. Uh, by that time, or even now, there's no such like more experimental, non-mainstream kind of festival. All the festivals are pop and rock oriented. So that was the time that we find out after two years, the audience, they are more accepting the fact that experimental music is something that is out there. And they were not aware of that country like Japan or US, they have the very strong scenes. Uh, even Japan, they have a big underground noise, experimental scenes, uh, have a lot of gigs every night. 
but uh, for Hong Kong, the population is just too small to grow something like this uh, in this culture. This kind of music that we do, no matter where it is around the world, it will never be as big as, uh, I don't know, like a pop or mainstream market. But I think Hong Kong still has potential to grow a little bit more. A lot of what this is about is kind of pushing boundaries of what what's considered music and what, uh, what's accepted by the public as well. I mean, it's also about pushing musicians to create new things and uh, make things that aren't necessarily that people haven't heard before. And my idea for this was trying to make a live remix of the more traditional songs. I'm just uh, like a kid. So I have my toys and I play around with them. For experimental music, there's always that side where you try to usually improvise so that uh, every performance usually is very different from, from one another. And I guess that also brings you more connection with the public because the public knows that they are watching a, an experience live that cannot be repeated. It's uh, a granular synthesizer. I've always played music, and part of what I like is creating my own instruments and modifying instruments. So um, I think one of the main points of inventing new instruments is to create like a new way to approach the instrument, like create a new relationship, okay? When many sounds are golfed together, but they are kind of close in pitch, they create this very strange effect. And uh, it has a synthesizer, and then it has some light sensors. So as the light, ambient light changes, and if, if you touch it or if somebody approaches, it makes this kind of sounds, okay? I quite like to use interactive stuff. I find that in Hong Kong the audience are more receptive to things where they can play around with it. I think they get more of an experience and they maybe will remember it more because they've actually had an interaction with the, the thing. As you can see, each one's got a motor and then the motor hits the string. And I can also, like a guitar, I can I can adjust the string to different different pitches. Hijokaidan is improvisation. I think she is not think anything, only screaming, no meaning. No meaning is very important. Uh, we would like to make uh, uh, nothing, no, no meaning is some sound.
Nepal is still reeling from and trying to cope with the effects of the devastating earthquake that struck at the end of last month and has killed more than 8,000 people, injured more than 170,000, and displaced more than 8 million. The United Nations has appealed for 415 million U.S. dollars to help, but has just received 22 million. Here in Hong Kong, one group of musicians is giving a charity concert this week at the Hong Kong Fringe Club. Organizer and musicians Jacqueline Leung and Ka Jeng Wang are talking to Ben Peltier. KJ and Jacqueline, welcome to the program. Hello. You're organizing a concert, a very special, mm -hmm. uh, wide-ranging and eclectic yeah. musical offering mm -hmm. that's about saving Nepal. Yeah. And it's uh, to raise funds to benefit the Umbrella Foundation. Mm -hmm. What can you tell me about the work they're doing? Well, they are dedicated to rescuing children from child trafficking. And they have several homes for the rescued children, uh, which have been destroyed in the earthquake. So the charity concert will donate the funds for the charity to um, protect food and water and rebuild the homes for these orphans. And you've managed to put together such a, an incredible array of musicians and different musical styles yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell me about the program tomorrow night? Well, it's very exciting. We'll start with Metro Vocal Group, which is a famous a cappella group in Hong Kong. And they're famous for singing Chinese pop songs, um, but they're all American. That will be followed by a performance of KJ and I playing a Mozart duet. And then he'll play some solos. And then there'll be Chris Moist, the uh, assistant principal trumpet of the Hong Kong Philharmonic, uh, playing some really fabulous tunes. And then Neville Cerrone, who is also involved in organizing this concert with me. He lived in Nepal for many years and he speaks Nepalese uh, fluently, so he feels very deeply um, about this disaster. So we wanted to work together on this. He'll be singing and playing the piano. Second half, we have Jennifer Ho playing on a special Irish harp, uh, playing some tunes from Scotland and Ireland. And after that, we will have Solar, who is a pop uh, band, and they will be bringing their electric guitars and electric bass and singing as well. And then we'll have Timothy Sun, the saxophonist who I regularly work with. He will play some film music and some gypsy type of music. And then we will have two special Nepalese musicians playing folk music from Nepal, which is going to be quite rare for the audiences in Hong Kong. And we'll finish with soprano Yuki Ip. So for your part as a performer in this yeah. concert, you're going to be uh, teaming up with KJ. Yes. What can you tell me about the working together as a piano four hands duo? Well, um, we met about 10 years ago at a piano festival in America, and we became friends, but we never played together. But uh, I've always admired KJ's playing and his way of thinking. I think he's a very special musician. So I invited him to work with me for this concert. And we just think the Mozart uh, for Hans Sonata is just a perfect piece of music. It's got the lyricism, it's got the elegance, it starts like a symphony, and it ends with a bang. So it's just perfect. Well, KJ, Jacqueline's mentioned the Mozart. What can you tell me specifically about this piece for Piano Four Hands? Well, we, we're playing the last movement from uh, Mozart's Four Hands Piano Sonata in D major. It's lively and fast. It's very difficult in terms of articulation and put it together. And uh, it has a lot of contrasting moments, and uh, we had a lot of fun playing it. Yeah. 